Good morning. Good morning, and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast, episode three eighteen. Sarah, yes. last that's like close to one million. Last <laughs> right, last time we spoke, you were having all kinds of trouble at your house. Is it all better now? Nope, <laughs> went from bad to worse. <laughs> As plumbing problems usually do, they're like, oh, yeah, we got to fix your pipes. And in order to do that, we need to like go through this wall. And in order to get to that wall, we need to go through your ceiling. And in order to go through your ceiling, we need to go through this random wall in your living room that's like 100 feet away from where the actual damage is. Really? Is that actually true? Not 100 feet, but 20 feet away. Really? I'm like, my house isn't that big, Susie. But yes, for real. <laughs> I didn't I mean have, literally. But, yes. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, I, ca- I, I came home the other night and all the stuff that was usually in the living room, like that nice cute little Joybird living room that has all the fun colors, yeah. was all in another place and empty and all the pictures were off the walls. And I was like, hmm, this isn't the room where there was damage. This reminds and- me, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. You just reminded me of the time that your in-laws came and rearranged the stuff in your kitchen. Oh my God. That was my mother-in-law. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. She, she has mental illness, so we'll forgive her. But yeah, right. You weren't mad about I, it, but you kept sending me pictures. Else. I was like so furious at that. <laughs> Come on, Sus. Honestly, there's nothing I could think of that would be more cruel than right. putting my crap in another place. <laughs> Especially kitchen stuff. Yes. What's that area that you use all the time and stuff <laughs> that you really don't want to like, go? Yeah, we're going to rearrange that. Right. But that place where you put everything where you wanted it. Yeah. You, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the best part was when she was done with everything, she's like, yeah, these bowls right here, I couldn't fit them anywhere. <laughs> so now they live on your counter. I was like, you know when they did fit? <laughs> I had it organized the way I wanted. That's, it tickles me so much because you're so, so funny. you're so nice and um, accommodating and you're very laid back. Like nothing phases you. And yeah. that fascinates me because everything phases me. And so <laughs> when the rare moment when you get fed up, it is hilarious. <laughs> Sarah sent me like oh 50 pictures of her kitchen showing me where her platters had been relocated. <laughs> it was so frustrating. You know what? It's like, oh my God. Like the opposite feeling to that is when you go to somebody else's house for a visit for the weekend or whatever, and you have never been in their kitchen before, but you guess where their silverware oh, might be. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Why is that so fun? Because if and then you I feel find like it I've on won, the first try. I like, I like put my hands in the air like I've just struck gold or something. Yeah. I'm like, Yes. First try, knew it. And then you feel like, I always feel like I know the person better than. Yes. Like, See, we're the same. I would have totally put the spoons here too. Yes, you have a psychic connection then. Yes. I love that. Yep. Yep. Um, before we kind of dive in, I have really fun news uh, Ooh, for me. you that I discovered just before we started recording. And I said, I love oh really my God. Fun news. Yeah, Sarah's going to love this. Um, so I got a Google alert for my own name. And I opened it up and the title was the seven best podcasts to help you decompress (gasps) after a rough day. Get out of town, Sue. Yes. 
I assume you're not on there alone. I am not. Inc.com, this guy named Jeffrey James made a little list of these shows that'll make your day better. And ours is under the category of best potpourri podcast, meaning like no certain topic. And here's what it says. You're going to love it. Oh my gosh. So this is like making my morning. Look at making me smiling days. like a... It's crazy. I love it. It says, best potpourri podcast, the brain candy podcast. Uh, what can I say? Sarah Rice and Susie Meister, who host MTV, who host MTV's The Challenge. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, dish about well anything and everything that interests them. They they're both whip smart and wryly funny, and they make you feel like you've been invited to sit at the cool kids table, not yes. the one with the mean girls, but the table with the girls who get straight A's and are nice to everybody. Oh my god, I love this. I love those cool girls. <laughs> I was like. This guy captured our essence. Totally. Whip smart. And Riley both of us funny. are on that list. Come on. I love it. I love it. That is so fun. I, I agree with all of those statements. Yes. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? Yeah. Show me. <laughs> but I mean, what a, what a nice thing. And we're in good company. The revisionist history's on here who charted oh, ooh, uh, Crime yeah. Town, TED Talks Daily. Come on. Oh my gosh. Come on. This We've is arrived. the mom pa- store that got included in the list of top five retailers. <laughs> and they're like, what? How do we make the list? Wait, who did? With Amazon? No, I'm just saying, like, oh. I mean, this is not a real thing, <laughs> but this is like a fake. This is what it feels like. Right, with Amazon. Yeah. That's funny. Right. We've arrived, Sarah. It only took us 318, 318 <laughs> episodes. Yes. It's all been worth it. Totally. Oh, man. Maybe to celebrate, we should put our wine in our brewmate uh, set and do a little toast. Deal. um, If you guys didn't check it out on our Instagram story, on Brain Candy's Instagram, I have been trying to tell you guys how awesome brewmate is. It is um, insulated... Wine holders, beer holders, etc. This guy was like, I'm sick of how uh, alcohol gets gross and warm and, yeah, and like it's two such seconds. a waste. Yeah, in two seconds. And everywhere that you would like that is extra fun to be enjoying those drinks, it make, it, it's super hot outside and your drink's going to melt. Exactly. And get warm. Oh, you're at a concert? Tough. <laughs> yeah. Your drink's going to be warm. Too oh, bad. you're on a boat? Tough. Drink's going to be warm. He's like, I have a solution. Yeah, and so I have the Brewmate wine solator um, and uncorked wine glasses. They come in these gorgeous colors. Sarah and I were talking about how they have one that basically is like unicorn. Yes, that's that's officially unicorn color from (laughs) here on out. Um, And they're just a great gift. I was thinking for Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, stuff like that, where you could get somebody who has everything, this gift, and they can use it, as Sarah said, at the pool or on a picnic. I took it to Lincoln's Friday Night Lights baseball game. The parents sit around and have some wine and watch the kids play baseball. It's so nice. Oh, see, this is why I need a kid. Yeah, that's why. See, yeah, breeding and brooming. 
(laughs) Don't settle for warm alcohol. Chill out with your favorite drinks all day long with Brewmate. Visit brewmate.com and add code BRAINCANDY to get 15% off your first order. That's 15% off your first order when you go to brumate.com and add code BRAINCANDY for that discount. One of our listeners, Megan, she got her set and she says she's loving it. So that's great. Oh, good. Shout out to Megan. Shout out to Megan and all our little brainiacs that we love. Uh, Okay. So let's dive into the real stuff here. I have a story. Oh, yeah. 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 You're going to love it. It's really fun. I love it. Okay. So as you saw, I think on my Instagram, Matt Neroni was in town. Yes. So I did see that. Love that guy. Uh He is from Pittsburgh and one of my best friends. And so I was so excited when he was coming out for um, work. And so we had basically one day where, you know, I was like, just tell me what you want to do. Because he had never even been to California before. Whoa. Yeah. So it was super fun. I thought he was going to have this long list of, you know, touristy type stuff. Yeah. And all he- I don't know. He doesn't really strike That's me true. as like, That's true. not the man Chinese theater. <laughs> right. What's the uh, wax museum called? I forget. Madame Trousseau. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, no, he did not have that. He said, I want to go to In-N-Out, of course. Oh, good. Duh, good, good choice. choice. Uh, he wanted to go to Amoeba Records because he loves music too. Yes. And nice. that was it. And I was Easy like... Easy to please. Yeah. And so then after we completed that, which took like two seconds, uh, <laughs> I was, he said he wanted to drive through the Hollywood Hills and just have a look. And then I was like, you know, you really can't leave LA without seeing a famous person. It's sacrilegious. Yeah. And I took him to Sunset Market. Well, and you don't count? <laughs> what? I said, and you don't count? <laughs> right, right, right. I do not. D-listers, Z-listers don't count. So I took him to Sunset Marquee, which is my favorite hotel in Hollywood. And I've never gone there and not seen a famous person. So I was just what? like, hopefully this will keep the trend going, right? Like, who have you seen there? Um, well, that was where I saw Penn from Penn and Teller. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw somebody from One Direction there one time. Wow, okay, um, big time. I've seen so many people, actually. So anyway, uh, we're at the bar... And I'll be damned if walking past wasn't Debbie Harry from Blondie. <gasps> wow! Which is such a good sighting, too. Yes! And oh yeah, here's where it gets hilarious. And I want to know your thoughts. Okay. She was wearing a Blondie t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> what? I like it. Do I, you? I think, I think you, when you reach a certain <laughs> yeah. level yeah, 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 yeah. of like music fame... Yes. If you've been in, like uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame, yeah, you, girl, you're allowed to wear your shirt. You wear that shirt. See, you are officially the same person as Adam, my husband. Now, did he say the same thing? Literally the same argument. Oh, well, he's like, well, she's right in one. the Hall of Fame. Oh my God! He even said that. that okay, we're we are literally the same. He's like, once you get in the Hall of Fame, you have to wear your own T-shirt. <laughs> This is my, yes, I, I totally agree. It feels like, of course you do. Why though? What do you think it is? Oh. Like a middle finger to everyone? Kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so. And chances are good that shirt, well, maybe I'm assuming hers was an original, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of times those blondie shirts are sold at like Kohl's and (laughs) Kmart. Target. Yeah. Right. And she's like, "Mm, OG over here. Yeah. I mean, I these love- holes are real. From yeah. where? <laughs> She's so beautiful. 
And I mean, she's an icon. She can do whatever yeah. the hell she wants. But I just yes. thought that's a bold move wearing your own. So yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. So now let's play. What bands are allowed and are not allowed to? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Like, so like you have to like move down the scale of famous bands. I think so. Like Rolling Stones, definitely allowed to. But now here's the question: Is yeah. Ariana Grande allowed to wear her own? I no mean, of way. Course all allowed to? No way. You say okay. That's too too new. She too can't soon. do that yet. Too soon. Oh, you know who definitely could? Who I hope does? Share. Oh, good one. Yes, she should wear. I love. In fact, just let me just take a moment to talk about how much I love Cher. <laughs> in interviews, have you seen Cher interviews? Of course. Oh, of course you have. I love her self-deprecating. Like what? What? Somebody asked her. I watched this great. Um, oh God, what is the name of the the podcast? It's like throwing shade or something like that maybe that's not it i don't remember but uh but he was interviewing her and he said who would you like to cover your songs <laughs> and she was like oh my god i hope nobody covers it i don't want nobody should be forced to do that <laughs> and it was so funny how she's sitting there like no she i wouldn't wor- that. wish that upon my worst enemy <laughs> she always says she's not a very big share fan that's what she said it was so great doesn't I don't know it why seem I love weird that. to you though that because on one hand she comes across as very self-assured, but in another sense she almost is insanely humble. I think that she's she's it's the most human yeah s thing anybody can be. She's like very congruent. She's you know, and then she talked about how sometimes. It's it's like feast or famine with her. Sometimes they they're like, "Oh, we love her. I I can't get enough of her." And then they're like, "Oh, no, we don't want anything to do with her." Mm-hmm. And she's just accepted those cycles. Wow. I can just see that accepting. And you know, it's it in I'm like wrapping up the semester and doing a lot of work on on writing like my final uh, theory of change paper that talks about like why we believe in the theory we believe in and all this stuff. And it all just comes down to self-worth and being able to understand that any problems that, like, the problem is not the problem. It's our coping with the problem that's the problem. And it seems like she's done a good job of learning how to cope no matter what the problem in life is. Right. And it, I can see that. It's weird to me, though, that she she says that she still gets stage fright every time she performs. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. And relatable and all that. But it just still surprised me because you'd think at this point you'd be like, who cares? I'm Cher. Yeah, but I think those deep, you know, I, I, yeah, I, it's just, no, I think anybody would get, no matter how many times you've done it, would get a little, if they're connected to themselves and, and they're present in the moment, then they recognize, oh, I'm a little nervous right now, and they're tuned into themselves. I think maybe you you become so comfortable in whatever setting that you stop tuning into your own emotions, and maybe we're all a little nervous right before. Maybe every musician is a little nervous right before they go on stage, and that's a wonderful thing because they can translate that into, you know, a good show. And and you know who I don't think gets nervous but should? Who? Mariah. Oh, Carrie. Yeah, oh, the one and only. You know what? Right. <laughs> Who else? You're, 
You're probably right. She should. I was, you know, it's so funny you say her because I was thinking about her the other day when I was thinking about stars or musicians as they age and as their career, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, moves on. And I, I think, I think it was Ariana Grande I was thinking of, of like, I wonder where she's going to be in however many years. And I was just thinking about how I, I feel like Mariah Carey just took a I mean, her her stock plummeted, I suppose, is <laughs> the nice way of putting it. But yeah. maybe not so nice. I mean, she's still a goddess and, and yeah. incredibly talented. But I think she kind of like started resting on her laurels. And yeah. then, you know, your vocals deteriorate over time. It's just like any other yes. muscle. Um, yeah. But she was still like acting like everything was great when it wasn't right and have you i mean the dance the dance moves when they have videos of like her dancing and it's just like moving her hips a little and then the guy's just carrying her i'm like mm. and then i see somebody like tina turner who's like <laughs> right i mean going just <clears throat> ham wild and like doing her thing and is just crushing it and working it i'm like mariah you can do more <laughs> I kind of love that she doesn't care, though. Yeah, yeah, that's good. She's just like, what She else? cares from November to <laughs> December 31st or 25th, maybe. <laughs> See, right. And we all care, too. We're real into it. Yeah, that um, was a shout-out to her Christmas song. Right. <laughs> in case you missed that joke. Uh, another thing I'm really into is keeping my invoices and my business totally organized, which is a lot easier to do for me now thanks to HoneyBook. I told you guys about it before. This is so great for anyone with a creative business and you don't want to focus on tedious administrative stuff, which I sure don't. Um, And you have all these different things like QuickBooks, Google Suite, MailChimp that you have to keep track of. And HoneyBook lets you consolidate all those services and you can stay organized. You can make custom templates and all this stuff that makes your business, not so much of drudgery. Um, Hmm. Over 75,000 photographers, designers, event professionals, and entrepreneurs uh, have saved hundreds to thousands of hours a year thanks to HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off their first year with promo code BRAINCANDY. Payment is flexible and the promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to HoneyBook.com and use promo code BRAINCANDY for 50% off your first year. Get paid faster and work smarter with HoneyBook.com promo code BRAINCANDY. I love uh, yes. organization. It's like the equivalent th- of a label maker. <laughs> oh God! I lo- oh, speaking of which, my label maker's out of batteries. It's really bugging me. I, I, searched, <laughs> well, I did that thing. I did that thing where you search through every single thing in the house that has also has AA batteries to try to steal or AAA <laughs> to try to steal them and replace them. But I've already played that game like four times, so all of them are dead. What yeah, were you I'd trying to label? I was tr- well. It was when my in-laws were here, and everybody because ha- uh, Landon's dad works for Mac, and everybody or Apple, and everybody has all the same stuff, mm. and everybody kept taking other people's headphones or taking. And mm-hmm. I was like, "This is enough." Mm-hmm. So I got out my label maker and I was labeling everything like Sarah SP or LP or oh boy. you know. I could see that I- label maker like smoke start coming out of it from all the totally. <laughs> it was like that. Yes. It's like, like, I can't do anymore. I can't label anything else. You know that meme of um, Kermit the Frog using the typewriter? Yes. (laughs) That's that's, how I picture you with the label. That's exactly what I was like. And then I turned into like panic. I'm like, 
I can't leave. I can't. I gotta. I gotta print the this. And I couldn't find any of the batteries. So I'm like going through the Christmas candles and the taking out the batteries out. Now I'm. Yeah. No. This is. I'm enjoying this very much. But you know what? I ended up since the label maker didn't work. I I I landed on uh the that washi tape. What? Oh yeah, that works. Because I had that in different colors, and then I went crazy with that. So now everything that I own is is blue, uh, you know, washi taped, and. Everything everybody else owns is a different color. Does everyone get an assigned color? Well, just for the, just in, yes, in this one time. It's not like permanent assignment. They're Maybe free it should to change be. It. I like Maybe it. Maybe it should be. Like, what are you doing with your yellow label? You know you're pink. <laughs> By the way, I just am sipping a cup of tea right now, and it happens to be like, an herbal tea that's meant to like get things cooking in your insides. Oh, yeah. Which Smooth I guess, milk? yeah. Which I guess I is it. like um, the equivalent of those ones that people sell on Instagram, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it the same? Yeah. yeah. I hear, oh my gosh, there was some comedian who did, oh, <laughs> what's her name? Mm-hmm. I have to remember her name. From the good She's place? She's the frickin', yes. Yeah. Yes, that bad bitch. I love her. Yes. I, she is my new follow on Instagram and everything else everywhere because... Oh man, she, she is just tells it like it is. Yes, preach girl. I love her. Yeah, she, so was she was calling out that. the Kardashians for hawking the poop tea or whatever it is. Yeah. She's like, guess what that does? <laughs> that makes you shit fire for like a, and your all your insides for like five days, and then you just don't shit again ever. <laughs> I mean, it is handy though if you need a so little funny. kickstart. Yeah, you know, if you want to keep every all systems go. Yeah, but it's like anything. You use that, that becomes, that, like, that's not what you're supposed to be using morning, noon, and night. And <laughs> Is that what people do? For, I think so. Oh, I think Lord. it's like anything, like, you know, just like when they were the hawking the, uh, oh, what was it? Slim, not slim. What was the one they did a long time ago? It was something like that, like Turbo Boost or some other, you know, <laughs> crazy boost. one that's essentially like horse pills that you take for something who knows i mean i i actually was reading an article in the atlantic about how those sort of perfect instagram pictures are on the way out the ones with the walls and all the like everything looks the same in everybody's pictures and that the younger kids are rejecting that sort of phony aesthetic and going for just like normal pictures of what people really do i think that's so cool yeah, you know, in fact, I was on Pinterest the other night looking at for like cute jean cropped jeans and outfits for that, and that happens to take me more towards like youth driven fashion mm-hmm. and like and so all of a sudden my Pinterest started to be full with more pictures of like that just looked like normal people that like they didn't look like models, they did it didn't even look like professional photos, but they were all Oh, like the Pinterest fashion photos. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I think that this is a thing that the younger kids are using regular people. And I have a friend who is a, like I would call her an alternative model and she's like the coolest chick and just a normal human with a normal body that's not a size two. Mm-hmm. And she's getting calls from Hot Topic, from, you know... I don't know, other lines that are like that to model their clothes and just wear their stuff on Instagram because she's just like a cool chick on Instagram. Right. 
I think you have that's zero a good thing. Just lives their life. I do too. Because I like the pretty pictures, but I also just like hilarious realness and mm-hmm. whatever people are actually doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> but like, remember a few? It was I don't know a couple months ago. I was talking about how. One of the things I like about documentaries is that all the pictures from like the 80s and 90s when they're setting up the story of whatever they're talking about. And I was lamenting to you about how I miss, I wish that that was still going to be around in 20 years that those pictures that are sort of rough and you see like an old couch that you used to have or how small your trees were in the background, like those kind of pictures Mm -hmm. um, really kind of won't exist as much because people delete anything that's not super flattering and perfectly lit and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I kind of love this new trend of getting back to authenticity, even if it's like fake authenticity. Yeah, I think even just like snapping the photo and then being like, oh, nope, we're not even going to look at them. We're not even going to, you know, it's one shot and we're done. Yeah. Kind of thing. I'm kind of into that. I've been trying to use my, I have one of those like uh, a, little Polaroid cameras. Oh yeah, I love those. And I've yeah, I've been keeping a, keeping it out and trying to use it more because uh I feel like they always capture those kind of photos. Yeah. And I'll put it out like when I have friends over and they'll take it and take pictures of things and then they'll leave the photos, you know, in a little pile and then I get to come by and I'm like, oh look at all the fun stuff people did. Yeah. And I mean I like that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you don't it's like one shot and that's it. I know this because I, it's not Landon, <laughs> Sigmund would not pose right. And I kept on wasting Polaroid film on him. And I'm like, it's $1 every time you mess this photo up, Sigmund. Really? $1? He didn't care. Well, that's what it's about what it tried. Because like a pack, a little less, 87 cents. But the, a pack of like 20 will be like. 20 bucks or 15 bucks? Like 15 bucks. Really? Yeah, sometimes you can get them. If you buy them in bulk, you can get a good deal. I did that, so maybe I have they less. Has Polaroid, uh, whatever, picture, what do you call those things? Slides? Polaroids. Well, have the Polaroids always been that pricey, or is it because they're not as common? Yeah, now? Uh, mm. maybe a little bit of both, but Polaroid film has always been pretty pricey. Yeah, I'm into yeah, those, though. Kinda... They're treasures. Yeah, me too. That's I have fun. like a whole little book of them now. I have ones from, I took the, that when we went and did our um, Challenge Mania event. Yeah. Yeah, I have fun ones from that night. Wait, Everybody you always them? makes inappropriate. Yes. Oh my God. Can I see that? I have, yes. I'll, you know what? I'll put them up on uh, my Insta story uh, when this episode comes out. Oh my God. I've got a funny one of Derek like making inappropriate hand gestures. Oh. And a cute one of Sarah Grayson. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good times, great oldies. People then. love making inappropriate hand gestures and faces as soon as you get a Polaroid camera out. It's great. Really? I feel like people, I I do. I feel like when it's like disposable film or stuff that doesn't exist digitally, yeah. people are more inclined to have fun. Get a little, yes, have fun yeah. when they take it. <gasps> Maybe you know, because you get they're the, not. You get the boob, the butt, the butt the mo- you get mooned a lot, flash or something like Maybe that. Maybe they think that you won't put it up, so it's more yeah, private. Yes. Oh, I agree. I think so. Ooh, there's like a study in there. This is what sure. always happens. We go down yeah. these rabbit holes and then we crack cases, man. Yes, agreed. <laughs> totally. I'm like, oh, maybe there's something to that. There is. I like what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, wait. Uh, I wanted to talk about how everyone needs to get ready for their summer travels. And in so doing, they need to get an away bag to take on their trip. Totally. 
Loving these. Pro- they, they're so awesome. If you guys uh, followed my Hawaiian adventure, you saw that I had my away bag with me. It is, we have one for each member of our family now because we weren't willing to share with each other. And um, these are great because they use high quality materials, they, but they offer a lower price compared to the other brands because they cut out the middleman. There's tons of colors. Lincoln has the color where I thought it was green, but then it's that kind where if it's in a certain light, it looks purple. Oh, it's like a peacock. Yes. I love that color. Me too. It used to be my favorite nail polish color. Yes, that's what it's like. It's like a nail polish. And I just thought, totally. oh, and of course, Lincoln's super into that. So that's fun. But it also is able to charge his iPad when we're traveling or our phones, anything like that, because there's a USB uh, port built right into it. There's a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix it or replace it for life. They have 100-day trial, so you can travel with it, Instagram it, whatever. And if you decide it's not for you, return it all for a full refund, no question asked. Free shipping on your away order within the lower 48 states. And for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash braincandy20 and use promo code braincandy20 during checkout. That's $20 off a suitcase. Visit awaytravel.com slash braincandy20 and use our code braincandy20 during checkout. You will love it. Mm-hmm. I love mine. I promise you. And you can return it if you don't like it. So what's the risk mm-hmm. there? We mm-hmm. have to talk about the update about the jinx. Did you read this? <gasps> no. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I love an update. Lay it on me. Yes. <laughs> I love an update. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And now I'm getting nervous. <gasps> this Ooh, is totally... Is I think you're oh going to be God. really fascinated because this oh, relates the to the... This, <laughs> This relates to what we deal with with regards to uh, uh, reality TV and editing and all that stuff. Evidently, yes, Robert Durst's attorneys are appealing his conviction based upon the fact that the things that he said at the end of the jinx where Mm -hmm. he goes to the bathroom, he's got a hot mic, and he's, according to the documentary, he says, Kill them all. Yeah, what do they think I did? And then there's a little bit of a pause, and then it's killed them all, of course. And mm-hmm. oh my god! According to the, his attorneys, this was edited and put in an order that wasn't how it actually was, and that he spoke in that bathroom to himself for seven minutes, and it was mostly inaudible, unintelligible, didn't make sense, like kind of just rambling yeah. and weirdness, and then they kind of put it together so that it seemed like he was saying he did it and it's obvious and now he's been caught. Oh, my God. This is one of those things where an attempt to use whatever information you're provided for, like, good to, to catch this yeah. guy, of, like, we can do it. Yeah. If you don't follow the exact like the letter of the law and exactly how it's done mm-hmm. and you make one little mistake or you do anything that, that this could be overturned and he could absolutely walk free. Can you imagine? I think that's going to happen. <gasps> I really do. Oh my God, I'm sick. And then he'll murder somebody else well, because yeah, he he's did do a it. killer. Because <laughs> he's, <gasps> he's a killer. Oh, I can't even. This I- is like... Oh, so if you guys didn't watch the Jinx, you really need to because it's a fantastic documentary about Robert Durst, who's this heir of this million 
billion dollar fortune and he everyone around him kept dying <laughs> or disappearing and he yeah. agreed to participate in the film which is crazy and was against because his he's a total narcissist. narcissist right there's no reason he would ever they should just do another documentary about him and he'll be like okay and confess again <laughs> right they should just be like can you just say that again for us yeah <laughs> um but i just find it interesting of course because of participating in the shows and when you watch documentaries or reality series you you trust the discernment of the producers and also that even if things were a little out of order or they don't add up exactly right that you're going to get the correct essence of the yeah but maybe not if this is any indication you know if they kind of misrepresented what he said they deny that they misrepresented him of course but yeah what do you think man oh god you know what this will be this could be oh gosh do you think something like this i guess it's only as you know uh, oh god i'm like having a thought my brain's just like going on vacation here but do you think this could do anything to change the laws about how things are edited I don't know if it will change how things are edited, but I think it certainly ought to make them think, how about in the first trial we get the actual full audio and transcripts? Yeah. What the hell? No joke. That, they didn't do that? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, who was in oh, charge of this? That doesn't look good for the other side. Like, maybe they're, oh, see, this kind <clears throat> of shit. Guys, does law and order teach you nothing? <laughs> does that mean nothing to you? Oh. I don't know. I just feel like... They were saying that when you read it too, even like it doesn't, you have to actually hear it because there was a big gap between him saying, what did they think? Uh, Whatever. It was just out of order and misrepresented. I mean, he's so, so, he so obviously did it. I know. It's so obvious. Could you imagine every, like five people around you Mm -hmm. die? Right. You're the last person to see them all too. How are you not the one who killed them? Well, and remember how the envelope that he, they matched his handwriting. <gasps> With the misspelled word. Beverly, so, right. Th- right. That is the biggest. For sure. Oh, come on. Yeah. Were they able to use that? Yeah. Okay. Because so. you can't, you can't try to, yeah, yeah. Guilty. Okay, please, God. Please, <laughs> Guilty. please, please. Please make this not one of those things where, like... Maybe it'll oh. be, like, deemed a mistrial or however they handle that, and then they can redo it. I know that Double Jeopardy's that's complicated, what but... I, that's what'll probably end up... I feel like that'll... that'll be. Ooh. Maybe that doesn't work once you've been convicted. You can only do a yeah. mistrial during. I don't know. That makes That's what makes me nervous, because this is how those kind of things happen, where they're like... Yeah, but they only happen to white people. I know. You that know. is what I was going to say. Ugh. I'm like, yeah, it must be nice for him to be a white guy. And- With millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's a bummer. But anyway, I just, I knew you'd be into it. Oh, I am really into that. <clears throat> Damn. I mean, he's an example of someone, because for me, sometimes I'm like, are they a psychopath or are they whatever? Oh, I mean, for me, he's a pretty textbook yeah. situation. Yeah. I mean, when I saw just the 
I think it was like a still from the from the documentary mm-hmm. of him. His eyes yeah. don't look like regular human eyes to me. Right, like, they look black. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like there is a darkness living inside of him. Yeah. And I, I can honestly say I've never noticed that in any other human before. Oh, wow. I don't, not that I can remember, but his stand out as, I'm sure maybe I have, but oh my God. I mean, that sounds like woo woo, but really, if you think about when you meet somebody that sparkles and has charisma, whatever the opposite of that is, yes, that could be a thing. Yeah, it absolutely is. And that we are all like vibes and energy and it to say that we're not is, is just silly. Science is catching up to this. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a real thing. And yeah, I, I feel like... You the, know, when the, someone gives you the creeps, everyone has yep, those moments. Totally. Yeah. Oh, it's well. the same thing. It's got to be similar to how like dogs, there are people are, where they just are like, I don't like them. You yeah. Know? Do you think and they just know there's something it's like to a that? Smell. Yes, I do. I think there's some sort of like hormone or some yeah. sort of th- something that we secrete that se- that's like... Troubles brewing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, Who knows? Right. There was a fun article the other day in The New Yorker about this guy whose toddler, whose three-year-old, you know how when you try to open an iPad and if you use the wrong password too many times, it keeps locking it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So he, he got to his iPad and the guy said it said on it, iPad is disabled. Try again in 25 million minutes. <laughs> and, um, oh my God. So it's like 48 oh, years. That's great. Um, Why does it say that? <laughs> because, like, if you, it just keep it's um, cumulative and keeps compounding on itself. Oh my gosh, they tried it so many times. Yeah. And I just think it's so funny because I, I don't think that that's true for the new iPads, but for those old ones, it's, you know, kind of a mess. He's like, 45 years, we won't even have computers by then. <laughs> right? And I just, it was different. really cute. And um, it did make me think about, he, he was saying that the scenario and its ridiculousness satisfied the it the low-grade anxieties we all have about that we're rarely more than a few clicks away from becoming captive to the technology we love. Yeah, I just yeah. think that's so... Because it's just a fun anecdote, but then he ended it with this bigger idea of how we all have this anxiety all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but... You know, spe- speaking of that kind of stuff, I was thinking I'm just going to, like, delete my Facebook. Do it. I think I'm going to because I don't... What is the point? And now it like freaks me out when websites are like, I want to connect you with your Facebook. And I'm like, mm, no, no. I I am not into it. Yeah. Keep the public page, but that personal one, shutting it down. For sure. That's why yeah. when I was so... I'm so glad that I deleted every single thing from my entire Facebook page because then it's not even there. Like none of... Yeah. I deleted every post, every bit of anything. And then... yeah. There's nothing to and see. I, and I do know now how long that took you because I tried to go and I was like, whoa, yeah. this will take too long. I'll just delete the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a mess. Um, yeah. Oh, so anyway, that 
article that I said was from the New Yorker, and I want to encourage you guys to try that New Yorker deal that we have. Yes. Um, what are you waiting for? I have know. you not done that already? What the heck? <laughs> what are you waiting for? It's rude. Come on. Get that tote. The New, the New Yorker represents the best writing in America today, and they have stuff about every topic you can imagine, whether it's politics, comedy, climate change, pop culture, art, and then, of course, the cartoons and the uh, crosswords. Who doesn't love that? And other topics you have never even knew you were interested in. Like Sarah always talks about the one about the bees and the, and the uh, what was that? Cherry, cherry Yeah, the cherry factory. Yep. Yep. Um, but Love that one. This is such a fun deal because it is so cheap and great. They are offering our listeners 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6. Plus you get that tote. Go to newyorker.com slash brain candy and listeners save 50%, but enter brain candy as well at checkout. And you get for all that for $6, please. I mean, come on. What do Deal I of the century do there. around here? Yeah. If you read all the articles in like all six of those or in, you know, in one, it would probably cost you like 10 cents an article. That's what I'm saying. And you get access yeah. to the digital stuff too. And you can log oh. in and yeah, look in the archives. Price just got cheaper. <laughs> we keep saving money like this. Um, uh, you know what article, what they should do an article about that I heard Landon was watching? Because he's officially turned into like an old man now who mm. watches old man stuff on TV, mm-hmm. like the History Channel. And that's like all that's on. It's either like the History Channel or CNN. And thank goodness, because it's not ESPN anymore. I don't know, because football season's over. So that's a right. nice break for me. And uh, so instead I get to hear about random things like the history of the car industry. And so I was listening to... Uh, Landon watched the History Channel the other day and hearing all about when Henry Ford uh, went into competition with GM Motors and they kind of like, you know, Henry Ford uh, became less popular as GM like grew in popularity and had new different designs. And I didn't know this, like the Model T was the same design for like, it's almost, almost its entire existence. Like they didn't wow. change design. And GM were, was the first company to go, hmm, I think a person's car is also like a status symbol and we can mm-hmm. make different models at different price ranges and also change them every year. And just like you change your wardrobe, they thought of it as like something just like a wardrobe that it would be reflective of your style and who you were and your identity and they took advantage of that and that became like the standard. Wow. But one of the things that I was most fascinated by, which I think you will love, because I was like, quick, Landon, text me that information so I don't forget <laughs> it for the podcast. And he did. Henry Ford, one of the things he really didn't like, he was a very religious guy. And there was, uh, I can't remember who said this quote. I want to say it was like, I can't remember who said it. But they said more babies were made in the back seats of cars. <gasps> during that time than, you know, ever before. And this made Henry Ford go, oh, no, no, no. And he did not like it. Like, at the time, the car was like that thing where parents were like, oh, my gosh, this is going to ruin our kids. They're fornicating. This is the devil's work. And so Henry Ford's response was to shorten the back seat so that you couldn't (gasps) get down to business in there. Shut up. Right? Isn't that oh, crazy? Oh my god! I loved that fact. I was like, write that down. Bad news, Henry. We still can. Right. That's what I said. I was like, when there's a will, there's of a way, course. Henry. How much room do you like, think come I need, on, buddy? You just made it more fun to try. <gasps> oh. Can you believe that? He was like, no, no, no. We can have none of this. Shorten those back seats. Shut. No hanky panky. Up. 
yep. And the kids were like, "Mm mm-mm, Henry, we're going with GM. Oh. (laughs) What an idiot. With their big old back seats. Wow. Yep. Oh, I I love that, that Sarah. Thank you. You are welcome. You know, the funny thing is when I just said he's an idiot, I, like, in my mind was laughing about how, you know, he's obviously not, he's a brilliant (laughs) inventor, but it reminded me of how I wanted to tell you that I keep becoming aware of whether I or someone else uses the term genius and how it's almost never about a woman. Oh, like I'm now going to become aware of this too. Yeah. Listen for when you hear that word and hear who they're talking about. I guarantee you it yeah. won't be a woman. Okay. The thing that made me think yeah, of it was you know the Einstein what? story we did. They don't say that. Right? Even about I Oprah, feel like there are for other example. Things. Or, it's like, yeah. It's more about, oh, she's so charismatic or she's so charming, but it's not she's a genius and an amazing businesswoman. Oh my gosh, I cannot think of any one I can't think of any woman that I can uh, uh, associate that tide like that word with. Even actual so geniuses. Right. I'm thinking yeah, I for real. I'm like, okay, Mary Curie, we didn't say that. We don't say <laughs> right. that. Right. So You know the other term that's on the other side, I'm sure I've said this before, but it's a, like a positive but so gendered is the term battle axe for a woman. Oh, you were just telling me this. Uh, yeah, I don't... I, that is never used for a man. I am intrigued by that because I don't hear that word a lot, but I, I think it's because yeah. I'm not really in the business setting where I think that yeah. word gets thrown around more. Uh-huh. And I, w- do you think it's kind of like the word hysterical where it's just used for one and not the other? Like just for men or just for women, not for men. Yeah, yeah, I do. That is I've so never heard it used by the men in businesses or women for about to the man. refer about a man. Never. Why do you think that is though? How did it get to be about a woman? I don't know. And now I got to oh, now what is that? Where right. does the term battle axe come from? I w- I am. Where's one that now. Kermit the Frog <laughs> meme again? That's so funny to me. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm going to own it, though. Like, I want to be a battle axe. Yeah, that's badass. I like, sh- I want to be one, but don't you dare call me that. Well, yeah, we can call each other that only. <laughs> right, we, we're allowed to. <laughs> it's like any other slur. You can yeah. only use it about yourself or right. your people. That's real funny. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to start throwing around genius more about ladies. She is a genius. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I have a bit of trivia that shocked me. Yes. I'm going to give you a chance to guess. Um, I love guessing. If you you had to guess what the largest source of single-use plastics is, and it's not straws. Oh, that was my first guess. Okay. Yeah. Single-use plastic. Yeah. All right. Is it something related to packaging? No. Okay. Okay. It Not makes packaging. no sense. It's shocking to me. Single use plastic. I would say, man, I just, my, my instincts are like Ziploc baggies. It is cigarette butts. Is, oh, oh, they're plastic. I guess like the filter. I don't know. Yeah, I always thought they were like cotton or something, but obviously not. 
Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. But how? I mean, that's such a small wow. item. <laughs> yeah, but but consu- like we don't see it as much here because in America, smoking like isn't a thing anymore, or as big of a thing. Yeah. But in other countries, like when I went to Thailand, everybody's smoking. Oh, that's and interesting. Everyone. Right, because like, we sort children. of think about it as obsolete in a way, or just yeah. rare. I don't really know anyone that's a smoker. Yeah, like lighten up cigarettes. Right. So I yeah, just I think know. of it as so unusual, but I guess you're right. It's If you think about it globally. Yeah. But I mean, damn, uh-huh. that's a lot of cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's worldwide. The, that, yeah. That, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. There was an article, it was just about, you know, how to be greener, and one of the things was quit smoking, and that's why. Yeah, well, good. There you go. Yeah. That's more reasons, too. I mean, you'd think that ruining your own body would be enough, but maybe <sighs> if you just care about the planet and not yourself? Yeah. But then you see those people in those blue zones that are like 108 years old, still driving with like a scotch <laughs> in one hand and a cigarette in the other. With I their, love those like, people. I love them, too. <laughs> and, you know, in all this, I'm not, by no means and I, am I saying go out and like take up a smoking habit. But I'm saying that that in studying these people who live so long in these areas where happiness is just so high and light longevity is so great. Yeah. Um those like the those kind of factor those things weren't even a factor in uh why they live so long. Right. It was like do they have a lot of friends? Do they eat a <laughs> plant-based diet? Right. Do they uh live vertically where they have to climb a lot of stairs? And, uh, you know, do they live somewhere where old people are looked up to? Yeah. If the answer is yes, then light up, buddy. You're going to live forever. (laughs) I almost, I felt like that about my dad before he died. It was like he had done everything in his power to die early (laughs) and then didn't really. I mean, he was in his mid-70s, which is still too young. But like, you know, considering what he did to himself... We were all like, how is he still alive? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think he started yeah. smoking when he was 13. And, Whoa! And know, like at, like cigarette cigarettes. Like he's not smoking like, you know, those vape pens yeah, or something. He smoked Pall Mall, which doesn't even have a filter. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. My gosh, I feel like I have the black lung just thinking about well, that. Well, and what's crazy is his lungs were perfect. Okay. They told him, they were like, you have not one spot on your lung. How is that possible? How is that possible? What? So I'm thankful. Meanwhile, I smell secondhand smoke and I'm like, I definitely have cancer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying. (laughs) Oh man. When I was pregnant, there was like, I was at a restaurant and there was a man who was smoking a cigarette in the parking lot, probably a good 20 yards away from where I was. You bet your ass. I angrily marched over to him and- yeah, confronted him and yelled at him to put out his damn cigarette. Oh my God. And he was like an older man who looked at me like I was out of my mind. I cannot believe you asked him to put out his cigarette. I was pregnant, Suze. I was not in control of my actions or my hormones. Even at just three months, I was like in mama bear protection mode. Aww. Like, do not smoke around this baby. Did he say anything to you? No, he put it out. That's insane. I, I came over there with that look, like, 
Right. You better not. You better walk away, sir. Hell hath no fury. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was it. That's, I regret nothing. That is hilarious. Landon was like, Sarah, don't, Sarah, don't. And I was like, oh, I'm doing it. How? Try to stop me. Because where were you outside, though? Yes. Where did you want him to light up? Like, I don't know, in another neighborhood? <laughs> Somewhere not anywhere near me at all in the car? Sarah. In an enclosed space? I will fear the day that you ever get mad at me because <laughs> when impossible. you decide you're angry, oh boy. I don't, the, you've already seen the most, because it's, it's different. It's the, the most, I think the most angry I got with you was when we had our si- fight about the sign in Brazil. <laughs> Which you were right about. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what makes me, the only thing that makes me angry, really like, like what the heck is when I know that the information I have is yeah, that's correct, true. but that's I'm true. having trouble communicating it to the other person. And it's more my frustration with myself that I'm feeling, which then I take <laughs> out on somebody else, which happened to be you at the time. But it's just my inability to communicate my message clearly is what makes me frustrated. So once I handled that, I was like, oh, we have nothing to fight about. We're did fine. we, did either one of us cry at that time yes both of us did (laughs) we were tired we were lost we were in another country we both were technically like right about what we said we just were (laughs) communicating it in the wrong way and then it was like one of those things where just like the babies at the end of the night are just tired and they're fighting with each other because yeah they just need a little nap yes they need a nappy Okay, you guys, we have a guest on the show today who I will introduce, but before I do that, I want to tell you guys about um, a company called GutRight. I'm sure you guys have heard all about how important our gut is for our immune system and staying healthy and being well. Hippocrates, the father, father of modern medicine, even said all diseases begin in the gut. He was onto something, obviously. I know a lot of people have... Uh, issues with their immune system and their body. And for a lot of people getting those, whatever the heck is cooking inside your gut, uh, all balanced and healthy is critical. And so gut right is helping people to do that by replacing the missing mod biotics in our diet, just like a multivitamin can replace missing vitamins. Mod biotics kill off the bad gut bugs and I want to get rid of the bad gut bugs. So we have a deal for you guys today. Get your gut right. Visit atpscience.com slash get gut right and get 20% off your first order plus free shipping when you use coupon code BRAINCANDY at checkout. Offer limited to the first 100 customers to use the promo code. Again, that's atpscience.com slash get gut right for 20% off your first order plus free shipping. And it's limited to 100 uses so go use that code brain candy and get your gut right get your your body all balanced and happy and your tummy will thank you and we have a guest and we've actually had Jana King on the program before she was promoting at that time the season airs which ended up being one of our book club choices from that month and now she has a follow-up to that book called Malibu Bluff and it's really fun oh. read because it's a juicy sort of, you know, sexy novel, great beach read, but there's always like drama and um, she explores ideas about 
um, influencer culture and reality yes. TV and all that, like kind of being your own brand, which is weird and creepy. And um, <laughs> so she does a great job of unpacking that, but keeping it very dishy and soapy and delicious. And also she wanted everyone to know that her daughter Izzy has a band called Jane Doe and she wants people to oh, check cool. that out as well. What She's a great band name. Right? I love it too. It's like a badass. Ch- and that would be a cool band shirt. Yeah. <laughs> we should send I one bet- to Debbie Harry. Yeah. Oh, De- Debbie there Harry you go. would love Jane Doe. She, she totally would. If you want to check out some new music uh, from uh, another badass bitch, that's Jane Doe. And then if you check out Jana King's book, Malibu Bluff, you will love it for your summer vacation. Um, So let's have a chat with Jana King. Welcome. Hi, Susie. How are you? I'm so happy you're having me back. I might. I just can't believe, though, because I was like, didn't she just write a book? And how do you have another one? the heck i do have another one yeah it happened kind of quickly but um but they're related so it's okay well are you a speedy writer i am a fairly speedy writer yeah i mean i just from working on scripts too you just learn to write on a pretty right quick deadline so um i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty fast well so we had you on to talk about the season airs last year and then now we're talking about malibu bluff but that's a season airs book as well and so at what point did you realize there was going to be a follow-up to the season um, airs? i think that from the start i knew that it was going to be a series um and have different season airs every summer with some returning season airs. Mm-hmm. And so um, I pretty much knew in the beginning, and I, I really knew from the start what the second book was going to be. Um, so, uh, you know, it was it, it, it was something that was definitely on my mind when, when the concept first, like, gelled. And does that come naturally to you where you have a big understanding like an overview of what the whole story is going to be um i think it's it it comes naturally when especially in this case because in the second book um, mia the protagonist is the returning season heir and in what happened the previous summer all sorts of shenanigans and danger and some tragedy occurred it's just fun to think about how that can play out in a second book in a different location. So I knew that her past would come back to haunt her and that some of the characters would return as well with these new characters. So I, it, it's fun to think kind of long-term. With, I'm so impressed with that. With stories. I don't have that gift. And so it'll, I'm always trying to get into your guys' brains to try to see how does this go? And I felt like as a reader, I loved that there were characters that I was familiar with from the season airs, but I didn't feel like it was necessary that I had read it before reading Malibu Bluff. Do you agree? Yes, I'm glad that you that you feel that way. Um, the point, I mean, I obviously would love for people to yeah. read the season airs, um, which is, you know, doing a shameless plug, but it's coming out in paperback on May 7th so that people can read it before they read Malibu Bluff, but in writing the second book, I really kept in mind that I wanted to give enough background so that people who are reading the new book 
wouldn't feel completely confused and that they would understand um, and, you know, follow this main character while getting to new to know uh, new new season airs. Yeah, that's what I felt. I was like, oh, I, I love these characters that I know already. But if I hadn't heard of them, I think it wouldn't take away from the story overall. So that was really impressive. Thank you. Whenever Thank you were you. writing, we talked about this with the season airs, too, because it was such a big part of their job involves you know, promoting the brand and being on social media and stuff. What, to what extent are you criticizing influencer culture in the books? Uh, or well, if at I all, hope it doesn't seem like I'm criticizing influencer well, I'm, I'm culture projecting. as much as like, <laughs> yeah, as much as kind of looking at it from all different sides. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're hired to do this job and, their boss is Lyndon Wilde is, you know, exceptionally manipulative and increasingly manipulative in this book um, when it comes to who she hires and who she thinks will be the most entertaining. So I think a lot of it has to do with the way she chooses her season airs. And I think in any job, including the job of influencers, if you are promoting a brand, you're being chosen because of certain aspects of, of your personality or your looks or your background. Um, so I think it's it's not on, you know, completely on influencers. But I, I do think um, since I wrote the season airs that the job of influencer has, be, has like exploded mm-hmm. and that now influencers are not just promoting one brand, but they're promoting you know, a dozen brands and getting money per post. And it's, it's a really kind of lucrative job. Um, but I think we talked about this last time that I think my only issue is, and I think it's an issue with influencers too, is like this, just creating this kind of aspirational yeah. image that might not, um, be totally real to the influencer or the people who are um follow you know to followers as well so recently on brain candy we were talking about well i was venting about this new trend where an influencer or somebody will say they'll kind of it's almost like they're trying to prove that they have depth and that it's not just about fashion and so they'll (laughs) kind of bear their soul have you seen these where they're like, I've been going through a lot lately and I've been feeling really bad about myself. And then they sort of give a testimonial of what they've been thinking. Do you ever see those? And and what are your thoughts on them if you have? Uh, I think, you know, I have mixed feelings about uh, sharing <laughs> because I, I am very drawn to people who are going through similar experiences to me. Mm-hmm. Um influencers or celebrities, there are a host of celebrities who share, who are huge sharers. And then there's a certain point where I feel like, oh goodness, you know, there's people, you know, are having a really bad day and there's crying and (laughs) a host of kind of intense emotions that come out. And I have mixed feelings about it because part of me feels like, oh, you know, I feel like that on certain days, but I don't know if I could share my feelings to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see what you're saying and 
I, I definitely have mixed feelings about it. Um, but I love you guys are very like if you're on your podcast and and on Instagram, you're very honest and funny and open about personal things as well. I think, you know, I don't I don't actually know what the boundaries are. What do you think the boundaries are? Well, that was part of what I loved about Malibu Bluff was because there was all this stuff that I could relate to in terms of how much of yourself are you willing to monetize? And, right. you know, they now in the season air uh, house, they have cameras and, you know, are being asked to reveal a lot about just who they are day to day. And so I'm fascinated by that balance and what is healthy and what is dysfunctional. Um and part of it is when you're doing it for someone else to line their pockets, that where is where it gets a bit gross, which is what I did on reality TV and what the season airs are having to decide whether they'll do. And so that feels worse to me when it's making someone else rich. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. And by the way, I mean, that's really what's happening in Malibu Bluff is that, you know, Lyndon Wilde hires these particular season airs to do this digital channel. And there's a lot of manipulation um, that is involved that I think definitely happens today. And I think that's also starting to give people who watch it, if it hasn't been happening for a while, but people who watch reality TV or are watching um, Insta stories, like it gives them pause as to what they're really supposed to believe or not and what what things are scripted um i was talking to a friend of mine's daughter about a um, an influencer who has a snapchat series who admitted that it was all script like even though it was supposed to come off as being very real it was all scripted which i thought was interesting what was the reason that she made it scripted it was more entertaining, I guess, mm. because a lot of times our, maybe our lives are not <laughs> oh, interesting true. enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think in Malibu Bluff, I mean, that's the whole, you know, one of the char- the character who Brandon, who is producing the channel definitely brings up that, you know, posting what you eat for breakfast or, you know, talking about um, your pedicure on camera is not you know, isn't interesting anymore. And it's, it's gotta be something that is more juicy and dramatic, but how much do you fabricate in order to uh, get people to pay attention and watch? It's a weird thing too, when the worst crime you can commit in a lot of these circles is being boring. Mm -hmm, Definitely. (laughs) Even on our, my first show, which was so long ago, I remember the producers taking us aside and being like, you guys are boring and you're not making the most of the trip. And so then you do kind of feel this pressure to be more interesting or exciting all the time, which who is nobody. Well, I'm, I'm certainly not, I'm not, I don't know if anybody would want to watch my life on a daily basis. (laughs) I like your Instagram. I know that. (laughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) You know, it's a lot of, uh, my kids and my dogs. So I don't, (laughs) you know, I think, um, some of that stuff is obviously really fun, but, um, you know, I, I don't think I could, I don't know if I would be able to actually fabricate any sort of drama, to be honest, because I really 
bad at fabricating stuff when it comes to myself, but you know, I can't believe that you're producing. It, it's hard to believe that a producer would say you guys are boring. You need to like, did you feel like you had to come up with things that weren't true or really make more of what was happening in your life? Yeah. I thought that I better get, yeah, I needed to be more entertaining and quickly or I wouldn't be appreciate, appreciating what they had offered me, which was this trip when I was just a kid. So right. the pressure was on. And that's a weird thing to to hear that you're just kind of not interesting enough. But right. I think to a lesser extent, everybody has to deal with that with regards to social media because nobody wants to have their life look boring or uninteresting. So even if you're not a, an influencer or a reality person, I think a lot of people think, is this picture cool enough or am I doing enough fun stuff to put on there? I don't know. Is that just me? <laughs> no, I agree. And also it's, it's because it's been around for a long time, how do you create new stories? If your life is the same, like you're not traveling. I do follow a lot of travel um, uh, Instagrammers that are taking amazing trips. Although I have heard, and I don't know if you've heard that there was somebody did it and they were Photoshopping in locations. (laughs) No way. Yeah. And the locations weren't, weren't real, but for the most part, you know, um, these people are, are traveling and that's, incredibly amazing, you know, on a daily basis. But for a lot of us, you know, we're doing the same thing, you know, most of the time. And so how do you, when you've been on Instagram for a long time, how do you make it more entertaining or humorous? Um, And I also have like mixed feelings where I'm concerned whether like I don't, own a brush but do I actually (laughs) brush my hair for an Instagram like do I that's not how I would normally do it I walk around all day and I don't really brush my hair but do I do it for my Instagram is that really me or you know do you filter or not how you know how real yeah what is the truth that's exactly yeah that's not exactly clear I always laugh whenever people use the hashtag no filter when like, for example, if the Kardashians do, because, you know, right. it, oh, maybe you don't have a filter on, but you have had a lot of surgery. <laughs> and so yeah. that's a filter of its own, I suppose. But, right. Or, you know, you've had your somebody do your makeup and you're using a professional photographer yeah, to lighting. take a hundred foot. Fo- yeah. To take a hundred photos to put to put up and those are you know frankly they're really great posts to look at and and i wouldn't not look at them but it's it's definitely a different kind of of way to present yourself on on social media well i'm for all the filters i need them all um but when I, I think you look great and I like your, your outfits are very cute. <laughs> You're so nice. You're the best. You're my hype person. I have a Anytime. question about Mia. Yes. So I really like the main character Mia and she, she grapples with a lot of stuff, but she tends to be thoughtful with her choices, whether I agree with them or not. And I'm wondering how you just, dis- cause I think she, doesn't want to compromise her values, but she has these, she has financial needs and 
you know, she wants to be successful. So I was curious how you grappled with that idea of Mia deciding whether to maybe compromise her values to get ahead in her career, et cetera. I think she struggled with it in the first book and she struggles with it even more in the second book because coming back for a second summer after everything she went through during the first summer, you know, already seemed like a mistake, but she is in a pretty um, difficult situation financially. And she also, you know, has this dream of, of becoming a fashion designer and, and, has goals that she wants to meet and feels like there still might be a way to do that through this particular job. Um, but I think a lot of the book is about, you know, choices that she made the previous summer that have come back to haunt her during this summer. Right. And she still continues to have to make difficult choices that, um, I think she's grappling with what the right answer is and and constantly if yeah and constantly feeling like if she should even be there I think right um well and I feel like that as a reader too you there was there's always a sense of how is she gonna do in this environment and how is it gonna play out which is the best thing for a story when the reader is like what's gonna happen and I just I am always rooting for her and hoping things go her way. Do you feel yeah, like... Yeah, and I also, I th- I also did, you know, think she struggles with, like, do I want to be the buzzkill of group? And <laughs> right. she has a tendency to be the one who's the voice of reason, which is, by the way, not always the most entertaining and, <laughs> and exciting. And I think she struggles with that, too, you know, being the person that is trying to make right choices while you know, doing the job she's been hired to do in an entertaining way, you know. Well, and I think that's so relatable to the millennials uh, that might read it and also will understand the idea of a civilizing force, as you said, isn't always, you know, going to be the funnest person in the group. Right. Um, And the bad guy kind of sometimes will get ahead, like Presley, her sort of, I don't know, enemy kind of. Frenemy? Yes, frenemy. Um, You know, sometimes Presley gets things that are great, even though she's not a very nice person all the time. No. And also, by the way, just as a writer, like those characters are very fun to write. I love writing. Why? Tell me why. I just do. Like they're, (laughs) it's fun to write, you know, people who just say what they want to say and do what they want to do and and they come first and um and are really quite honest about the fact that you know that's who they are as a person and and oftentimes you know even villains I think writers will say villains are really fun to write because they're dark side characters and it's really interesting and um compelling to get into the mind of, you know, somebody who is darker and more manipulative or, or vengeful in a particular way. I mean, that's, you know, one of the things I love about writing those characters, those darker characters. 
I don't like um, painting generations with a broad brush, but I'm curious what you feel about millennials and younger people um, after embodying them for the both books, Seasonaries and Malibu Bluff. Well, I happen to love them because I birthed too. Yeah. I mean, I didn't birth them when they were millennials, but um, <laughs> they are currently millennials. Um, and those that I know, their friends are all really wonderful people and interesting people. Mm -hmm. I think right now, um, you know, that age group has a lot of challenges yeah. to overcome, whether it's student debt or what's happening um, in the in the environment. I mean, my my son's studying forestry. Um, in college and was saying that, you know, he got into it and was everybody in his major was super excited and enthusiastic. And now he's going into his third year and everybody's depressed. Like they just really? have learned that. Did he, yeah. And that it's, you know, the truth of what's going on in our world, I think is kind of smacking them in the face. And in a way, I think they sometimes get a bad rap just like any generation when there is a sort of stereotype given to any generation, I think that they get a, a bad rap because of some of the stereotypes, but you know, the, the young, younger people that I know in that age group are all very thoughtful, um, you know, interesting uh, people that, have a lot to grapple with when it comes to their futures, you know, and yeah. trying to kind of follow their dreams. Um, but, you know, in, and like I said, in any generation, you know, there are people that are going to make that generation look not so great, you know? Well, right. And we didn't exactly set them up for success. I mean, exactly. We kind of screwed that them over and now they got to sort it out. Agreed. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay. So what do you think people will love about Malibu Bluff? I know what I love about it, but I want to hear what you think. Uh, I think it's, well, first of all, it's, it is, you know, at its most basic is, a, you know, hopefully a juicy, fun beach read that, you know, when you're on vacation or you're, relaxing or it's the weekend that it's a great book to dive into and that you'll just enjoy it for what it is because it is there's it's high drama it's a thriller um so i hope people find it fun um for me also it takes place in los angeles and you know all across los angeles and i'm from born and raised here so that was fun for me to kind of re-explore my, you know, my city, my hometown, um, and write about that and characters who had never been to LA or Malibu before. So that was really fun too, to be able to paint a picture of this, you know, place that I've lived my whole life. So I think that, that that's another part of the book that I, I hope that people will enjoy. Um, and also, you know, like any book that's kind of an ensemble piece, you you hope that different readers will identify with different mm -hmm. characters and root for different characters or, you know, hate different characters and just uh, 
have some sort of connection to um, to to different personalities. Yeah, that's what I loved. I love getting to know all the characters or getting to know them more. And also the questions about content and social media and branding and the ways that we are influenced and participate in it, whether we are posting or just consuming it. I think it's so interesting. And it's just a fun read, like you said. It can either be just fun and just something to read while you're on vacation and get some juicy drama or I feel like there's a lot to think about, too, in terms of the way we all live our lives. So I just love it. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much. And, yeah, I, I really hope people get, a, you know, the opportunity to look at those obviously more serious topics as well. And, I, you know, there's there were other areas that I wanted to sort of examine as well, like grief and guilt and um you know, deeper emotional sort of issues, um, that I wanted to look at. So, you know, it, it hopefully is juicy and fun, but has, you know, some depth and pathos to it. I I'm hoping. And what is the plan? Is your summer going to be consumed with like, are you going on a book tour? Are you just going to hang around here? What's your plan? My plan, uh, I'm going to do some events for the book, Mm -hmm. which I love. And I love talking to people like you. And uh, mostly we'll be here in Los Angeles doing that and um, doing various online things. And then I, my kids live in Vancouver, so, um, and they're in a band. And I, thank you. I think they're really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, trying not to be too annoying by going to every show, but I've <laughs> been traveling and going, to, I want I would like to go to a lot of their shows. You're so the best I'll be going groupie. back and forth. Yeah. What's so, the name I of plug, the band? Can I yeah. plug them? Yeah. Oh, yay. Susie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jane Doe and their album came out about two months ago, I think. Uh, and it's called identified and it's, you know, rock and roll. And I'm, obviously incredibly proud and i would you know i would wear a sandwich board on sunset boulevard if i didn't embarrass <laughs> my kids about it but yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little bit of traveling but um quite a few events here in california and los angeles and southern california do your kids ever perform in la they i think they're going to try this summer oh um, they're doing um, a bunch of Vancouver shows, and then I think they're going to try to do, you know, uh, Oregon and and Seattle, Portland and Seattle. But I think they're definitely going to try to get to LA um, during the summer. Keep us posted, awesome and I'll fun. make Sarah come, and we'll be groupies with you. I I would love it. They would love it. That would 100%. be hundred percent a blast. Um, yeah. Wait, what else? Oh, I wanted to tell you too. I'm going to send you an invitation because we're having a. a brain candy book club meetup at my house in june and so i'll send you an invite there if you want to come you're invited i would love to come thank you so much that would be (laughs) amazing and i hope sarah i mean i saw you guys traveled too you went you both went to hawaii at separate times yeah did you that's was it amazing oh my gosh i am so mad to be home and i kept having to remind myself like people come to la for vacation so please stop feeling sorry for yourself like i'm not going back to iowa 
or, you know, somewhere where right. the weather is very different. Um, right. So I had to just tell myself that because it's so beautiful and magical, but such is life. You have to get back to reality. Yeah, I was jealous looking at your pictures, I have to say, for sure, jealous. It's funny. You have to live vicariously through people. Like, you follow all those travel bloggers. I mean, at least I yes. didn't Photoshop the, the location. <laughs> <laughs> That's rock I, bottom. I can't believe someone I, did that. Yeah, they. it's happened. But uh, no, your pictures were beautiful. I loved, I loved looking at them. Thank you, and I am so happy for you. They have another book, Malibu Bluff. I hope everyone reads it. And uh, what's your plan? Are you just going to bask in your glory, or are you going to maybe keep writing in the same uh, series? Um, I am not altogether sure mm-hmm. what my next novel writing plan will be. I, I think I might have something in mind, but I'm not totally positive yet. And I'm working on some TV things, um, right now. And, uh, just right now doing, trying to do a lot of promotion for the book, you know, because I'm excited it's coming out and I'm excited that the season airs will be out in paperback. That's also really exciting to make these into a movie. Don't you think it would make such a good movie? Maybe that will happen. I don't know. Fingers crossed. You if never you, know. If you I, want. If, I will, I will, you'll be the first to know <laughs> when I find out about that. Yes. All right. I'll cross my fingers and hope for the best. And you're off yeah. the hook. I just want everyone to read the book and I'll just keep singing your praises. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you in June at your event. That will be super fun. Okay. It's a date. I'll send you the info. Okay, say hi to Sarah for me. Okay, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Weave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.